Hey guys, this is Erin from Roadrun Blonde, and I wanted to tell you about a new feature on ACAST that supports its artists. It's the supporter feature. Listeners to Roadrun Blonde can now donate and support the podcast. However, there's no subscription or commitment. You can just give whenever or whatever you'd like. It's completely up to you. Just find the support the show link in the show description on any episode. You can use Apple Pay or Google Pay, and it takes less than 30 seconds. You can donate anonymously, or you can add a message that I can see. As a podcaster, everything comes directly out of my pocket. I don't get paid to podcast. It's just my passion. So anything is appreciated to keep the show going. Thank you so much, guys. And now on to the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Red Rum Blonde. This is a true crime podcast. Each week, I'll explore a case, the victims, the facts, and the mystery surrounding it. Some are solved, some remain unsolved. I'm your host, Erin Fleming. The detective arrived that morning to see a note on his desk asking him to call the Evanston Police Department. Hoping this would relate to his stalled murder case, he quickly phoned. The officer at the other end of the line told him someone had called them claiming to indeed have some information on this case. The person was a doctor, as a matter of fact. Even better, thought the detective. The detective and his partner went to the doctor's home where they were met by a very soft-spoken, diminutive man. Little did they know they would have to suspend their disbelief. The man told them he knew who killed their victim, because he heard it from the victim herself, but speaking through his wife. In a trance-like state, his wife spoke in the victim's voice and accent, pleading with him to contact the police with the killer's name. This week, I'll talk about the ghost who solved her own murder, Teresita Bassa. For my research, I used several sources, including an article by Ray Johnson, the Chicago History Cop, one by Lindsay Rice on DNAinfo.com, Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, and one on Medium.com by Jen Baxter. Now, I first heard of this story on the TV show The Unexplained with William Shatner. 
Born in 1929 to a wealthy couple in the Philippines, Teresita Bassa longed to move to the United States. In Manila, she graduated from college and made the move to the U.S. Here, she got her master's degree in music from Indiana University. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't find any more details about her music degree or, you know, why she eventually gravitated to the medical field. She ended up becoming a respiratory therapist. Respiratory therapists help with patients that have cardiopulmonary issues. Ann Wadnicks, who was on respiratorycram.com, said that, quote, Respiratory therapy is hard. The schedule is tight. The material is demanding. The skills lab makes you want to vomit. And if that isn't enough, you also have to survive the clinical rotations, end quote. It sounds very intense, but apparently the money you make eventually is worth it. You can make an annual salary of 73000 in states like California. Teresita found work at the Edgewater Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. In the Medium.com article by Jen Baxter, they did say that in 1977, Teresita decided to go back to school. This was at Loyola University to work on her doctoral thesis in music. So when she wasn't working or at school, I guess she gave piano lessons. This lady was busy. I'm always blown away by people with this kind of work ethic. I mean, when I'm not at work, I feel like I'm sitting around playing Toon Blast or watching TV. She was a very driven woman, which is extremely admirable. On Monday, February 21st, in 1977, Teresita began her day working at the hospital. After a very long day at work, she returned home to her apartment. She spoke on the telephone to one friend around 710, and this was about selling a pair of tickets. The last person who spoke to her was her friend, Ruth Loeb. The two talked on the phone for about 20 minutes, and this was around 7.30 p.m. Ruth said that Teresita cut the call short, saying she was expecting a man to show up at the apartment. Now, in retrospect, Ruth wishes she would have gotten more details, but at the time, this just seemed inconsequential. Around 8.40 p.m., neighbors Merritt and Catherine Naz smelled smoke coming from somewhere in the building. The couple immediately called the janitor to check it out. But not playing around with the idea of fire, he called the fire department. As they evacuated the building, they found the source of the smoke was coming from apartment 15B. This was Teresita Bossa's apartment. Once they broke down the door, they were able to quickly put the fire out. And they found it was coming from a mattress that had obviously been lit on fire on purpose. The mattress was taken from the bed and placed on the floor. Underneath was the naked body of 47-year-old Teresita Bassa. She'd been stabbed, evident by the kitchen knife that was still sticking out of her chest. When the police arrived at the scene, it was difficult to tell what the motive might have been. She was naked, so sexual assault was at the forefront of their minds. But the apartment was in such disarray that it also might have been robbery. One potential clue was a note that Teresita had written to herself saying, get theater tickets for A.S. But who was A.S.? In the weeks following, investigators didn't get any closer to finding any answers. Even though Teresita was found naked, 
the coroner determined that she had not been raped. After canvassing the building and talking to those she knew, the investigators watched their case turn cold. Teresita Bassa was a quiet woman who kept to herself, and she didn't have any enemies. There was simply no one who wanted her dead, much less in the brutal way that she was found. Months went by with the case becoming colder and colder. That was until the note was left on Detective Joe Stachula's desk to call the Evanston Police Department. And that's when he and his partner, Lee Eplin, met with Dr. Jose Chua in Skokie, Illinois. The doctor almost seemed embarrassed to tell the men his story. Finally, he relented, giving them an out-of-this-world tale. Everything centered around his wife, Remy Bios, or Remy as she was known. One day, Remy, a co-worker of Teresita's at Edgewater Hospital, was taking a nap in the locker room after a very long shift. She awoke to see her dead co-worker standing in front of her. Now, in a panic, she ran from the room. Remy then began to have constant dreams about the woman, even though they barely knew each other. One day, she took another nap, this time at home. And that's when she awoke in what Jose described as a coma-like state. Although Remy, also Filipino, didn't speak with an accent, she now spoke in a heavily accented voice. Other sources say that she flat out spoke in Tagalog. The voice said, I am Teresita Bassa. I want you to call the police. Now, Jose was freaked out, of course. But upon waking, Remy recalled nothing. Then, two weeks later, Remy was once again possessed by the voice of her dead co-worker. This time, she explained what happened the night she was murdered. She revealed who the mysterious A.S. was. It was a man named Alan Showery, and he had worked as an orderly with the two women at Edgewater Hospital. The man had offered to fix Teresita's television, and this was in exchange for some theater tickets. However, he instead killed Teresita. Once again, upon waking, Remy had no memories or knowledge of what had occurred. And even though the couple were very alarmed by what happened, they couldn't just go to the authorities with this story. That was until it happened again. Remy fell asleep and once again awoke possessed by Teresita Bassa. This time she was angry with Jose, demanding to know why he hadn't gone to the police. Jose explained that they simply had no evidence. And that's when Teresita told him how they could find some. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When Alan Showery killed her that night, he also took some of Teresita's jewelry. And these pieces weren't just anything. They were items that her father had purchased in France as gifts to her mother. And when Showery stole them, he then gave some items to his girlfriend, Yanka. The voice also said that she could give the names and phone numbers of four other individuals who could identify this stolen jewelry. And those individuals were Ken Bassa, Richard Passati, Ray Kings, and Ron Samara. Naturally, the two detectives were extremely skeptical about what Jose and Remy Chua had told them. In fact, it was several days before they did any research into this odd tale. But it was a fact that they were at a dead end in this case, and it couldn't hurt to investigate it. Stachula and Eplin went to the Edgewater Hospital to interview the employees. Indeed, Alan Showery was an employee there. A few employees even recalled that Alan had mentioned fixing the television set for Teresita. So intrigued by their findings, the men headed to speak directly with Alan Showery. The detectives found Showery at his apartment that he shared with his girlfriend, Yanka Kamluk. Alarmed by the fact that these things were starting to match this fantastical tale told by the Chuas, detectives asked Alan Showery to come down with them to the station. At first, Alan denied being in Teresita's apartment that night. After some interrogating, Showery admitted to going there to fix the television, but he claimed once he was there, he'd forgotten his tools and said that he would just fix the TV at another time. He said he needed to get back to his own apartment to fix some electrical problems that he and his girlfriend had been having. So the detectives decided they would go back and talk to Yonka and get her story about that night. Yonka didn't recall any electrical problems in their apartment. And she said even if there were any, Alan had no experience with electrical issues. The detectives then asked if Alan had recently given her any jewelry. And that's when they hit upon something. Yonka said Alan had given her some things as belated Christmas presents in February. She showed him a pendant around her neck and a golden pearl ring on her finger. Astonished, they asked if Yonka could also come down to the station with the jewelry. The detectives brought in two of the four people who were listed in the trance-like state to see if the jewelry was Teresita's. They confirmed that the ring and necklace were hers. When the detectives told Alan Showery about the jewelry, the man gave a full confession. He finally admitted what actually happened that night. Alan had gone under the guise of fixing the television, but his intent was to rob Teresita because he allegedly needed rent money. As soon as her back was turned, Alan made his move. 
He strangled her until she was unconscious. To make it appear as a rape, he removed all of her clothing, and then he stabbed her with the kitchen knife. But it was all for naught since he was only able to find around $30 in the apartment. His only takeaway was the jewelry, which he wasn't sure had any value. He started the fire, hoping to hide all evidence of what he had done. Alan Showery was promptly charged with the murder of Teresita Bassa. Regardless of how police had come to their evidence, it was solid and enough to go to trial with. On January 21st, 1979, the trial began. Of course, the sensational origins of how detectives came to find their murderer made headlines. Dr. Jose Chua was called to testify. And according to an article in the Washington Post by Rob Warden, the surgeon was quoted as saying the voice said, quote, Doctor, I would like to ask for your help. The man who murdered me is still at large, end quote. Chua spoke of how his wife began speaking in a heavily accented voice, unlike his wife's own. The voice told him not to be afraid, that she only wanted to solve her murder. William Swano, who was Showery's public defender, tried to get the charges dismissed due to lack of evidence and the fact that Chua's story was so far-fetched. Swano tried to argue that the arrest was illegal due to lack of probable cause. Detective Stachula countered this whole argument by saying Showery voluntarily went with them to the police station and confessed completely on his own. Prosecutor Thomas J. Organ argued that, as bizarre as this whole story was, the detectives had to follow up on the tip and fully investigate it. Judge Frank W. Barbero denied the motion to dismiss the murder charge. Showery was given his Miranda rights prior to his arrest, and despite how they initially found him, he did confess. The evidence was solid. Four weeks later, the trial ended with a hung jury. While awaiting the retrial, Allen surprisingly pled guilty. Maybe he'd been visited by the ghost of Teresita Bassa. He served five years before being released on parole. People claim that Remy Chua faked being possessed by the spirit of Teresita. Of course, that's very possible, but how does that explain her knowing about the jewelry and the four people who could identify it? There are rumors that Remy was afraid of Alan Showery at work and that this was her way of getting back at him. After Showery was paroled, Ray Johnson, the Chicago history cop, tracked him down. He took up with a woman named Naomi who attended his court hearings. In the late 80s, he moved to Colton, California to live with a relative. From there, he was back in Chicago for a very brief time before settling down in New York City. And then after 2004, Johnson lost track of Showery. Teresita's family took her body to be buried in the Philippines. And oddly, this wasn't the only story I found of ghosts supposedly solving their own murders beyond the grave. I read another one that also involves someone from the Philippines. In June 2004, the body of Catherine Ballastros was found at her home by her uncle. She had been stabbed over 33 times. 
When her parents rushed to her home, police wouldn't let them inside because the scene was so disturbing. Only after Catherine's body was taken to the morgue were they able to see their daughter. Her mother cradled her daughter's body as she wept. And that's when she swore she heard a whisper in her ear say, Baba. Like the Chua's, Catherine's mother hesitantly told police what she'd heard her daughter say. Police found that there was a Baba in Catherine's neighborhood that had a long record of burglary. This was Ryan Baba Viscara. And when they went to find him, they found that he had fled the city. He was eventually found in a jail in Manila, serving time for another crime. His fingerprints matched those at the scene of the crime. And for that, he's currently serving a life sentence. Now, once again, it could be a case where the mother suspected that this man had killed her daughter and the evidence just simply backed it up. Or maybe there is life beyond death and ghosts want their deaths to be avenged. That was the story of Teresita Bassa. I thought it was a good fit for the Halloween season. And honestly, I can't say whether or not I believe in ghosts. I think I'm more like Fox Mulder and I want to believe, but I myself have never had a paranormal experience. But if you have, I would love to hear about it. You can write to me at redrumblonde at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. You can also join the Red Rum Blonde discussion group on Facebook. So let's hear those ghostly tales. Thanks so much for listening and catch you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.